Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our first guest founded his company in 2009 to cultivate and educate an understanding of the ever-changing technology that will yield kind of a wealth of activity and productivity in the accounting, construction, and kind of legal communities. Today, he helps keep construction companies up to date on this fast-paced technological changes. So please join me in welcoming Michael Zuki, CEO of Zimbrella. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Peggy. It's great to be here again. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So, Michael, let's talk about it. You know, if we look at OSHA, OSHA has said that there's a little over like 4,836 workers killed on the job in 2015. I mean, that's just way too many. If you think about it, that's one in five workers' deaths that happen in construction. I mean, what do we do about this? I mean, it's an issue on the job side. Is there technology? Is there a way that we can do better to keep our workers safe right now when they're on that job? I'd have to say I'd love to tell you yes, uh, but I don't think the technology is there yet. Uh, I'm of the belief that some of the technology actually makes it more of a safety issue than not. And that's because until you can take the phone out of a construction worker's hand, somebody, you know, advise for their attention. So when that happens on a, on a construction site, you're more apt to get more accidents. And I, I'd almost see, and what I'm seeing is of the vendors that do offer solutions as far as tracking people's heart rates or where they're moving within a site, there's some huge challenges that have to be overcome before this comes to fruition. I'd say so, wireless would be one of them, uh, some kind of ubiquitous wireless on construction sites, which doesn't really exist. Uh, the second one is nobody wants to pay for it, which, Peggy, we always talk about it. At the end of the day, it's always dollars and cents, and small construction companies won't do it, and the large ones may have some incentive if the insurance companies push it. So we've got this challenge, though. We have some technology that's improving line of sight where we have it. So we're talking big cranes where we can buy cameras and, and, you know, we're taking drones that are being able to fly. Um, You do that in demonstrations yourself where we're able to use the technology where the human can't go. I mean, so we have some opportunities. But there's some things like you just described where, you know, everyone's got to have a cell phone with them 24-7, and yet it it distracts them because they're paying attention to that when they should be working. So it's kind of like, do we have to have technology that makes them safe at the right times and doesn't distract them at the wrong times? Is is that kind of what you're indicating right there? That's exactly it. Uh, And everything that you're talking about, all those opportunities and these very niche areas uh, of drones, of crane safety, of even sensors within building materials, uh, they're all going to come together at some point. When, and it's going to be very soon, I think we're going to see within the next two to three years, the interface of computing devices go to voice. When that happens, uh, and combine that with AR and glasses and some other technologies, I think what you're going to start to see now is all those IoT devices, anything connected, 
the use of machine learning and very narrow AI, you will have the opportunity to really save lives to such a degree that we've never seen before. And if you can just imagine, some applications do this today where they track construction workers to allow a job site and provide some kind of a heat map. But think of that in a in more of like a 5D BIM model, real time, where you can see deliverables and people and projects in and what's coming tomorrow on a, a digital display, whether that's via glasses or in the office in a centralized computing environment tying together some kind of AI, and now you'll be able to identify where accidents happen the most. What were they doing and keeping and possibly even diverting people away from those areas? So as you describe that, do you see that going to be mandated? Because the number, you know, in the first segment we talked about millions of, you know, a million dollars, you know, $78,000 per individual, a million dollars, a loss of life. I mean, if, if insurance companies or we start mandating some of these kind of things you just described, do you see that that might happen, that that might be the way that we talk about the investments that are happening at loss of life, that some of this might be what's required to reduce the number of accidents because they're so high and OSHA is looking, has to look at this and say, you know, what's the cost of injury on a job site? You've nailed it. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's going to be what moves the industry forward is when the insurance company says you will pay a premium or you will do this and you'll see companies start to move towards doing this. You see it happening in the auto insurance market already. Um, uh, one of the companies gives out little plug-in things that you plug into your car and they collect data. And some drivers are given discounts and others are actually high risk. I think you're going to see the same type of thing happen in construction, where it's the removal of a human being doing it, though, and it'll be more of an algorithm that puts somebody in one type of high-risk or low-risk area. Well, you can't put an ODB2 on an individual. What kind of, is it a sensor that they're going to have to wear with their on their vests when they're on the job site constantly? I mean, what kind of things do you see as those technologies that a contractor is going to have to have when, you know, workers on the job site? I think it's actually going to be everything that you've probably been talking about for the last six months to a year. It's going to be a combination of sensors in clothing and in safety, and let's say safety glasses and helmets, drones that are flying around, machines that are on the ground, cameras that are there for security and marketing, uh, everything in between. I think that they're actually all going to tie in to a central place. I, I know one company that's kind of doing this now, and this is IBM. They're working with a steel company out of Australia for exactly this. But the amount of data that has to be collected and then sorted through uh, is using their cloud computing, basically their big blue, uh, to do AI work, to put all this together and then have alerts happen. But for that, like I said, like you were asking, the, all those sensors, um, whether they're in the building, and I really do think that the building materials are also going to tie into this because you're going to be able to get context of where somebody's standing, temperature, whether they're moving around and their relation to other people and other things. 
within that space. So there's a huge opportunity, uh, one, for saving life but and two, for stopping accidents. But there's also a huge opportunity for material manufacturers of buildings. If they can put sensors in all the and all the materials that go into a building, they can be part of that. And the opportunity so we, is immense, not just for safety. It bleeds over into building design. Uh, it builds over into sustainable buildings. It goes almost over into everything. It's capturing all the information that we talk about. Let's talk about the workers themselves, because we talk about the gap that exists in training the individuals. Do you th- see the challenge facing the job site that millennials, you know, do they want to learn? Do they want to know the latest and greatest tech versus the more seasoned professional who says, look, I've already been trained on this. I don't need to be retrained or do they, because they feel like they've already been trained. Do we see this gap occurring or what do you see is happening at the job site? Is that part of the challenge that we have when we're talking about safety at the job site these days? Absolutely. Um, the the younger generation tends to, I, I know this, I got it, it's okay, I don't need to do it again. And for the people who have been on there for decades know that training saves lives. Unfortunately, um, there is that gap, and communication is going to be vital to that. Also, some kind of enforcement. I think technology will fill a gap there where you may be able to take lessons learned and shorten training cycles by maybe leveraging AR or VR uh, so that you can get more quality time without having to be off-site uh, and seeing maybe even rea- reenacting uh, dangerous situations where people have historically gotten hurt or killed to maybe impress upon the younger generation about how important it is to train. And, and looking at that right now, I mean, will we will we kind of, you know, narrow that gap in time? Because nobody wants to be hurt on a job site. And the younger millennials can learn so much from those who have been on the job site. Those who have been on the job site can learn. But you've just talked about there's so much to be gained from the data that you talked about that we can put in these buildings. We don't even know all the information that could be gathered from the office, in the field, in these buildings, and how we could do things differently, we've only just begun to see what information can tell us. I totally agree. Uh, the The interesting part, I, I'm, I have not, I don't have an answer for, and that is whether construction can change fast enough and incorporate enough of these technologies and changing of processes. Uh, that can take advantage of this, or will some other company from another industry come in and just totally disrupt it? And for instance, maybe somebody figures out how to automate building a building. People talk about it. I understand that there's a huge amount of risks, but maybe somebody does do it. And that's the real danger of facing every industry, including construction, especially construction, because we have people, lots of people. We still use pens and pencils, and Every project that we have is one-off. Michael, there's a better way. Michael, we're out of time, but thank you for so for being with us, Michael from Zimbrella. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, listeners, we're out of time. Stick around. We've got more to come right here. ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Do you want to be a professional coach? 
Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. Vin Village connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. Vin Village is where wine lovers connect. Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit Securing Our E-City Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. 